Trevor Bauer has finally decided where he's going to be playing baseball in 2021, but it's also left a lot of controversy as to how the MLB free agent offseason should go, and it's also left a lot of reporters looking pretty silly. Not by their own merit, though. This is Jake Slobotic, and episode two of Red Stitch Radio comes up next. This one towards center field, pretty deep to the wall, and gone! Key Brian Hayes has just tied the game! Leaps up and he makes the catch. Mike Trout with another spectacular grab. Friars win it. Santa Maria. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Red Stitch Radio. Jake Slobodnik here joining you for episode two, where today we got a, a little bit of a different look as to how we were going to do things in episode one went. Uh, the biggest thing that I want to mention is that we are not going to be doing the standardized radio news that I did the first time, just because looking back on it, I listened to it and I thought, you know, this isn't the way pod a podcast should be ran. I understand I wanted to make it so you would have like all the news at your fingertips, but at the same time, like at this, you could easily go to like MLB.com or ESPN and get all the news rather than listen to me, but, um, I'm going to do something different this episode, and I'm going to let you, the listener, decide what goes on from here on out. If you want to decide, if you think that the old fa- old format is better, then that's uh, then you can leave a comment saying that. If not, and you think this new format's better, again, leave a comment, and we'll go from there. I just essentially want to get the best way to deliver stuff to you guys, just so I can make your listening experience a little bit better while also trying to have a standard picture as to how I want to deliver my show. So I'm leaving it up to you, the viewer. If you have a preference, uh, go ahead and leave a comment below. Do you want to give you an update on the social media platforms? I'm still working on those. So for now, we only have the inside the three, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook pages. Uh, that's from JJM Media or Sports Media. Then we also have our website, jjm-sports-media.com. Uh, that's pretty much like the epicenter of where everything's going to be right now. So like, if you want to get all the latest updates, just go there for now. Uh, but until we get the social media, uh, just, you know, just want to let you know that, um, I wanted to let you know that the social media is lagging a little bit and that's on my end. I do take responsibility. So that should be up here very soon. Um, it's just been, life has been busy the past few days and I'm sure you can relate. So uh, I'm still working on that, but we still have our website, and then we still have the Red Stitch Radio page on there. And, of course, we have them all here on our podcast platforms. We're now available on Breaker. Uh, I think Overcast is another one and a few other ones. We're starting to get out there. We are on Apple Me- on uh, Apple Podcasts right now, so we have been verified to get on everything there. So if you want, go ahead, subscribe, and follow on those platforms, and that's when you'll get the first uh, taste of when Red Stitch Radio puts out new episodes. Another update coming on about the guests' appearances. I have a few in the works right now. No set dates right now, only because with the appearance of spring training on the way, uh, players and the coaches that I've picked, as well as the college baseball season, uh, they want to take a few days, see where their baseball life is headed, and once things flatten out, they did say they would get in contact with me. So be patient with that. So for now, we're just going to stick to our standardized discussions and I will be the, you will be the first to know. 
uh, when a guest will be on. So trust me, I'm not leaving you guys in the lurch. I'm not trying to get you to think that I'm just, you know, being lazy. There are things in the way, but we are working through. So without further ado, I've stalled long enough. Let's get into today's episode of Red Stitch Radio. And I really wanted to take an episode to really divulge into the whole Trevor Bauer fiasco. And for those who don't know, I'm I'm sure you all, the listeners, have heard already, but Trevor Bauer has signed a deal to join the Los Angeles Dodgers, the reigning defending World Series champs. And part of that means that he has he's a, he's in an agreement on a three year one hundred two million dollar deal, and he has options to pretty much leave the team after years both one and two. And that was broken by Jeff Passan. I know I quote Jeff Passan a lot, but he's a very reliable source, and we'll get to reliable sources here in a little bit. Um, but Bauer, we all know that in the offseason, Trevor Bauer has been pretty much campaigning as if he's been running for U.S. president or some other form of uh, royal position, if you will, executive position. Uh, see, he's almost been campaigning like Joe Biden and John- Donald Trump have back in November. They've He's been campaigning, leaving subtle hints, Easter eggs, if you will, on his social media accounts, especially on Twitter and on his personal blog, where one leaked image showed a, an image of a Mets cap. Because, you know, there were, he, they were a team that, was rumored to snag Bauer in the offseason, especially given all of the offseason moves that they've been making, uh, especially with acquiring Francisco Lindor, Trevor May, uh, James McCann. They've been hot on the hot stove. They put the, they have been the definition of hot stove all season long, and everybody thought that Bauer was going to go to New York, and I honestly thought that too. I thought that was a fantastic move, and I thought Bauer going to the, to, to the Queens would actually work out very well. But ultimately, he went home, played in. He's gonna play in Los Angeles, and he's gonna, of course, bolster that rotation. That I mean, if you're an avid baseball fan, you know they don't need any more help. But at the same time, that poses a lot of issues. It's got a lot of backlash at Bauer and his agent Rachel Luba. It's got a lot of backlash at reporters that broke the news that falsely reported saying that he was going to the New York Mets, or at least that they had a deal in agreement. But at the last second, the carpet was pulled from under their feet, and they, that, that Bauer essentially went to Los Angeles, and it fired up a lot of people, and it got a lot of people mad at Trevor Bauer. And here's my thing on this. Let's start off with the whole campaigning thing. I think it's silly. I really do. I don't think it's smart to go out there and say, fans, where do you want me to sign and play? You're the player. Okay, and with the weight that Trevor Bauer holds in his in his merit, in his name, and in his with all he's done in his off time, just off the baseball diamond, he could have went anywhere without the help of fans. But no, he did something different that a lot of major league baseballers normally don't do. They normally just leave it to their agents to say, "Hey, get me to the best team that I can possibly go to," where the players themselves will reach out and say, "Hey, I want to play for you. Let's get a deal done." No, Trevor Bauer sort of wanted the power to the fans, and ultimately, it didn't work out. I think the way that it was supposed to. I think he want. I think the fans ultimately wanted him to go to New York, especially with that being the common theme of the offseason, Was that the Mets were absolutely capitalizing on this hot free agent market, especially with how many people were out there. And I'm not just talking about the free agent market. I am talking about the trade wires. There are so many ways the Mets have built, 
built their to their to their roster, to their depth chart, to solidify it, and especially with the new ownership and Steve Cohen coming in and absolutely leveling that thing and making it the winning ball club that it should be. The Mets should rightfully be kings of the NL East. But false leadership and poor management, both in the front office and on the field, has ultimately left to their demise. And now we see this uh, sort of tailspin for who's going to take first in the NL East, when ultimately it should be the Mets. And I see why everybody thought that he was going to be going to New York. It, it it made a lot of sense. They needed help in the rotation. Um, the loss of, I think it was Steven Matz, ultimately gave that away. It, it was an indicator that they were going after Bauer. But then once he didn't sign there, oh, all hell broke loose. And we'll get to the whole news breaking here in a later part of our show. But I want to go to, I want to go, I want to touch on Bauer and Luba first. I think this is the problem with modern day MLB. And you can call me a boomer all you want. You can call me the reason why baseball is boring, blah, blah, blah. I personally don't think it's boring, but I think when players do something such as campaign with fans, leak certain details, and then ultimately pull the rug from under their feet, I think that is the biggest issue in MLB today. There should have been no leaks from Bauer, there should have been no intake to Rachel Luba from fans on Twitter. I understand you want them to have a voice. But in the same breath, how far can that voice go within reason? And what I mean by that is, look at what Luba and Bauer did. They were campaigning all offseason long saying, where should Bauer sign? They were ultimately... Leaving, they were baiting the fans with the proverbial worm, if you will. They were dangling it out and wanting them to bite. But when you're not going to listen to your constituents, why even garner their opinion in the first place? Bauer, I think, could have actually... Listen, if he did go to the Mets, I would have called this the most successful signing that branched from a player campaigning themselves in partnership with their agent, of course. But how many times do you see Scott Boris going out on Twitter saying, I have this big client that's in the offseason right now. Who do you think he should go to? You don't see the players that are managed under Boris going on Twitter or Facebook saying, hey, if you subscribe to my Twitch or some stupid shit like that, I will gladly sign with your team or at least try to get the best deal I can get with them. How many times do you see that? You really don't. And whether it's a pitch that Luba presented to Bauer whenever he was thinking about signing somewhere else, that, I think it started well. But I think the the final execution of it was very poor. Because, listen, if I'm Trevor Bauer, and if I have a choice between going home and going where the fans absolutely want me and adore me and know that I can be that X factor that leads them to the postseason. In my mind, I'm going to that team where everybody wants me. Now, this is just me saying that because, you know, I'm a Pirates fan and I will admit that right now. We do have fans in Pittsburgh. It's unreal. So when some, you know, you don't hear many people saying, oh, I want to go to Pittsburgh to play. So it could be just me as a fan, you know, 
branching off and being, you know, being another fan for a day saying we want this player to make our team better. But I listen, there is no there's nothing wrong with going to a winning ball club. There isn't. And that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is that Bauer really leaked that he was going and choosing the Mets. But then he completely swerved them and went with Los Angeles. Now, the Dodgers could definitely repeat as champions. And if Bauer is looking for that 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 ring, I'm not going to say piece of metal because that's something that Manfred would say, and we all know how Manfred would go. Um, and we're also going to talk about that in a later episode, or if not this one too. But if Bauer really wants that ring, he did choose the right club to do it. But if he wants to be a leader in that number one guy, I think the Mets would have been that better choice for him. Now, I don't know how much say Luba had in this. I don't know how much say Bauer had in this, obviously. I'm not I I don't interact with Trevor Bauer on a daily basis, so I can't I can't see I can't be have that inside scoop of what the hell's going to happen. But I really think if he really wanted to make an impact, he would have listened to the fans and really brought a new a new sign of life to how the offseason can go because now the fans will actually feel accomplished and appreciated knowing that their favorite players will want to go to their city. It's almost like a radio broadcast. And yes, I am comparing it to something that I'm into, but it's like the closest thing I could think of. You listen to live radio because you want to establish a connection with that listener and the host online or on live. Hell, we could even make that analogy right here on a podcast. You're listening to me. You want to establish that connection with me, and I want to establish a connection with you. That goes hand-in-hand in in baseball. If you want to establish a connection with the fan base, you want to go to the one that's absolutely diehard and wants you the most. And right there, the Mets fan base wanted him the absolute most. Not saying the Dodgers didn't want him, or the Dodgers fans didn't want him. Because I honestly think that they did. There's no doubt, because if they didn't, he probably wouldn't have signed there. But what I'm saying is I think the Mets had a little bit more leeway considering where they've been in the playoffs recently, in the NL East race. I think they wanted Bauer just a little bit more. And I think that was a prime opportunity for Bauer to say, look, I can be that number one guy on the team. Not just the ace in the pitching rotation, but I think I can be the number one guy on the team. Do I think he's better than DeGrom? No way. Bauer, I think, can be one of the leaders on this on the field. He can almost be what AJ Burnett was in Pittsburgh whenever they were in, you know, when Bucktober was a thing. He wasn't that ace that was more or less for Francisco Liriano. But what he was was that guy who led the team, led the clubhouse, and was a cult hero for the fans to get behind and rally behind them and bring back winning and 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 grit to the city of Pittsburgh. And I think Bauer could have done that, especially with how Bauer carries himself nowadays. I think he could definitely have that opportunity. If you want to talk about leadership, he'd be that gritty guy, whereas DeGrom is the guy on the field. He's the leader in the pitching rotation, and Bauer could have been that guy that got behind everybody and got them invested in the game, especially with the way that he's going on with spin rate. I think he's uncovering something very, very crucial in the game, and what better team to really uncover that with? Listen, he did it in Cincinnati, and that's when it really exploded, but let's be honest, the NL Central... Has been a dog. It's not even a dogfight. It's just, uh, it's it's terrible. It, it is the race in the NL Central, both last year and this year coming, is god awful. There's no, there's really no competition you want to see. The only time you want to watch the NL Central is when you see Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt on the Cardinals. That's about it. That's about it. 
but I'm losing, I'm losing track here. You look at the Mets, they have a better shot, I think, at being that underdog champion, and I think it would have been it would have made a more interesting narrative to see the Mets and the Dodgers meet up in the NL Championship Series and fight that out for ultimate supremacy. And if Bauer was that winning pitcher, you would have it would have made for a better story. It would have made better for a more inclusive narrative. And it would be more of a sense of accomplishment given from where the Mets have been because the Dodgers have already had that sense of accomplishment. They lost three out of the four World the past four World Series they were in. But then they won in 2020. So that comeback story is ultimately gone, if you will. You could make an argument that you know they could win two in a row, but I think the ultimate narrative would lie that you know they were all they were lovable losers. Not lovable losers. That's a that's more of a team that's more at the bottom of the barrel. They were they were the true underdogs. Let's let's say that they were the true underdogs in the MLB. But they finally they finally captured the crown. So what's there to do? Just repeat as champions. The New York Mets, I think, have a storied past that could really get more people involved and interested in. And I think Bauer, if he would have went there, it would have been a lot better and it would have paid off more for him. That, and I think it would have made him a little bit more reputable when it comes to dealing with his offseason. Because if this was his first big splash in the offseason, he kind of blew it. Because everybody now is going to take everything he says with a grain of salt and not be like, okay, Bauer's going to go here. Let's think of that. He's not going to go here. Or he might go here. You know, you don't want to add that gray area. You want you want a definitive saying, look, this is where he works best. This is where he's going to go. But we don't have that anymore. We really don't. I also think that reporting has a little bit of issue with it. And we'll talk about that more when we return from this break. You're listening to Red Stitch Radio that breaks down the Trevor Bauer deal. Every year, 4.5 million young adults between the ages of 18 and 24 visit the ER. It's every parent's nightmare. Umergency gives you all the tools you need to quickly and effectively manage your family's emergency. Umergency provides instant access to vital resources, customized to your student's campus and local community, digital consent form, and built-in urgent alert button. Umergency gives you peace of mind when you need it most. Download your Umergency app now. Red Stitch Radio. So one of the big things that surrounded Trevor Bauer's controversy in signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers was the whole false reporting thing going, a whole false reporting line going around Twitter, and a lot of it weighed on the shoulders of Bob Nightingale and maybe a few other people. Now I'm not out here. I just want to put this out here. I am not saying that these guys are bad reporters. I am not slandering them. I am just stating what I saw when Trevor Bauer signed with Los Angeles. And one of the big names that came up was Bob Nightingale. Why is this so? It's because Bob Nightingale tweeted, I believe, seven simple words. Eight simple words. I apologize. Trevor Bauer and the Mets have a deal. That's it. And it was the day of the signing. And then a day later, he tweets out saying Trevor Bauer does a 180 and leaves the Mets and money at the altar, signing with the Dodgers per John Heyman. Listen, this, I, I, I graduated with the minor in journalism from college. And the first thing that I learned in my first ever journalism class, once you have a false or fictitious statement, and I'm just going to leave it at statement because it can be addressed in all sorts of ways today, whether it be in a tweet or an official press release or what have you. Your 
reputation and image in the public sort of dwindles a little bit. Because people don't know if they should believe you. And, and trust me, I get that. I completely get that. But at the same time, shouldn't that standard be held to bigger names, especially in baseball journalism? I mean, look, if you're going to tweet that a player and a team have a deal, you better... And, and you got to have a backup to it. You got to have some sustenance. How long's the deal worth? How much is he getting? Who did you first hear it from? But no, he just said Trevor Bauer and the New York Mets have a deal, which according to Barstool Sports was shot down almost immediately by other reporters and even Luba, Bauer's agent. You have the agent of the probably the biggest name going around the MLB offseason this year. Shooting you down saying that what you tweeted was wrong. And then to come back a day later. Now, I want to put this out there. Luba and Barstool put this out the same day that he said that the Mets and Bauer had an agreement. A day later, Nightingale then puts out that Trevor Bauer did a 180 and left the money at the altar and went to the Dodgers. What? How? How is it Bauer's fault? I know, listen, I know the first few minutes of this episode, we're talking about Trevor Bauer ultimately pulling a swerve on everybody and going to the Dodgers instead of the Mets. But if you're a reporter and you let out a false statement, the first thing that I was taught to do, and that just should come as commonplace no matter who you are, you better get an apology out to the public. Now, I'm trying to look. And all I did was type in, um, all I did was type in on Twitter, Bob Nightingale, Trevor Bauer. And you would think that Nightingale's tweets would come up first. And they did. But I'm looking at all these tweets and not once am I seeing an apology from Bob Nightingale. Well, now, excuse me, he let one out two days ago. Now, I'm recording this on February 10th, Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. So on February 8th, Nightingale put out another tweet, but it wasn't a standalone apology. What it was, was at the end of the tweet, he put sincerest apologies, particularly to those passionate Mets fans, and I'm quoting this, whose hopes were raised for my erroneous tweet that he had a deal with the Mets, zero excuses. Well, you're right, Bob. There are zero excuses for that. I'm, you know, I, I commend that you actually did put out an apology. But it also came at the tail end of a tweet where that began with um, that the Dodgers are still trying to schedule a physical for Trevor Bauer before announcing his milestone deal with ludicrous numbers. I, I still can't I can't believe how much money he's making, which we might touch on in the closing segment of the show. But the one thing I was taught was in order to keep your public image in the right place, especially in sports journalism, is that when you make a false statement, no matter how extreme it could be, it could be very mild. It, it could it could be watered down vodka where it's 99% water, 1% vodka. You don't even get the taste or the burn of the alcohol. You need 
or, 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 you know, just straight, you know, just a straight shot that extreme. It could be like that. It doesn't matter how, like what end of the spectrum it's on. You got to get an apology out. You got to save your part. You got to save your place. Now, when I look at somebody like Ken Rosenthal, who was highly respected in the baseball media realm, you immediately think of him as a very reliable source. And I know that Rosenthal has had a few false statements, not, not false. The thing when I say false here, and I want to put this out, I should have done it earlier, but I didn't. Uh, just because I, you know, was trying to go along with my train of thought. When I say false, I don't, I don't mean that it was a hundred percent wrong. Bob Nightingale jumped the gun, said that the Mets signed Bauer, but ultimately that was wrong. But what I mean by this is like even if there's an inkling of false information, you see Ken Rosenthal put out publicly that he got it wrong, and it's not like it's not like he waits three days before doing it. He does it right away. I can't, and it's hard to pinpoint when Ken Rosenthal gets something wrong. Now, I understand sources, inside sources may differ between Nightingale and Rosenthal because Rosenthal is like directly related, whereas Nightingale works for USA Today. And USA Today is a very reputable source, don't get me wrong. So it, it, it it's more or less like if you have more fame to your name, it's obviously going to be harder to lose a lot of your fan base, but... In a situation like this with as big of a move that has so much impact that you, that whoever breaks it and it's true, you look like a genius. But in Nightingale's stance, I think the the pressure weighed in on he wanted to be the first to announce and be and make his name known. He wanted that to happen, but ultimately fell short because he got the information wrong. Now, what I learned in college was that when you make an erroneous statement, no matter how bad it may be, you got to get an apology out within at least the, I'm not going to say an hour. I'm going to say at least within the first 12 hours of it being out. If you want to continue to be reputable, you can't wait on this sort of thing. And I know it's different between businesses and public relations versus media personalities, but I think the concept remains true. And I think that everybody should take it to heart. No matter how bad of a statement you may make, you need to get something out there as soon as possible. And if you don't, that's just going to look worse on you. But ultimately, I don't want this to be me thinking that Bob Nightingale is a terrible reporter because I've followed him and I've honestly thought of him as a very credible resource for years. He's actually what really got me involved with how the way how the transaction process works. He's been keeping me informed for years. So obviously, this is just one big like one one little mix up, but I think with how much weight the situation carried, I think that you needed to be 100% accurate with your information so you don't run into an issue like this. Now the Mets fans probably don't take anything that he says seriously, but the Dodgers Dodgers fans are a little indifferent because he, Bauer ended up signing with them. And if you're a neutral baseball fan like I am, who's a fan of the Pirates, not even involved with this situation then you kind of just sit there and you're you're also indifferent. Really, the only impact you have is on the Mets fans, who obviously are upset. Now, some are upset. I, I also saw a lot of Mets fans going out there saying that the offseason was lost. Lost? Lost. Because you lost out on Trevor Bauer. Not because, you know... You not definitely don't consider the fact that you traded for Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco, two of the Indians' most 
golden names, essentially. Two bell cows for that Indians team. Oh, I'm sorry, the Cleveland baseball team. Forgot we that's that's no longer a thing. Cleveland baseball team. Two, ep, two the two epicenters for him. And you also re, you you got Trevor May for your bullpen. You got James McCann for the plate and a few other notable names. So it's not like this offseason was completely lost and I'm sorry but if you think that it's lost, you need to get over yourself. This offseason has probably been the best that you guys have had in years. In years. Then there's no argument against that. If you can bolster your, your your team or depth chart in any way you can, such as what Steve Cohen has done, it's a win. You may lose out on the big ticket item, but if you make but if you make a way with three good prizes, at least three, because the Mets acquired way more, but I'm just putting the minimum number of three. That's not a lost offseason. And if you consider it a lost a lost offseason, I I, I do surely feel sorry for you. I, I do. And this is coming from a fan who, whose team, their biggest splash in the offseason was dealing away their better pieces. But we don't consider it a lost offseason. But yet, Mets fans do because, for some reason, they think that Trevor Bauer was the only person they needed. No. You, you know, you, it, it, there's nine people on the field. And I think they have a solid rotation going out for him now. So, I don't. I don't see how this offseason was lost. So if you consider it lost, please stop, think about it, and realize, hey, our team did really good considering where we were last year. But that's the whole thing on the reporting side of all of this. Uh, I just want to wrap up by saying, wrap up this segment by saying that Nightingale isn't a bad reporter. He's not. He is a very good reporter. I mean, obviously, it takes a lot if you're working for USA Today. But I think that I want to put it out there and use him as a as a as an example to aspiring journalists, sports media personalities. Get your facts right. Whether it doesn't matter whether you think something is going to happen or if you know something's going to happen, make sure that your evidence is concrete, one hundred percent, and irrefutable. Because the first thing that can be refuted in anything that you report. Your credibility goes down. It uh, it does. Nightingale, continue doing what you're doing. I do think you're a good reporter. You know, obviously we all make mistakes. We're all human. I understand it. It's a hard it's a hard industry. It really is. You know, I hope to one day get into it. I mean, I'm kind of into it now, but like more on a better platform. But you know, we all make mistakes. I don't think Mets fans should hate Bauer. I don't think Mets fans should hate Nightingale. But use it as an example going forward. And when you see that and you want to put something out there, make sure it's 100% irrefutable. That's a look at the media side of things. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the numbers, what Bauer is making, and why, in my opinion, MLB needs a salary cap. Redstitch Radio rolls on. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy the right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack and we must work to protect it because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats, protectpressfreedom.org. Back for our final segment on today's show or this week's show for Red Stitch Radio. Let's look at the numbers. 
at how at what Trevor Bauer is going to be making over in Los Angeles. So the rumor deal, this is pending a physical, I believe. Um, Bauer is supposed to be making three, $102 million over three years. Now, granted, he's got the option to opt out after years both one and two. But either way, he's making or $103 million. And from what I saw around statistics and data gathered from payroll and salaries among other MLB teams, what Bauer is making. If I can, and let me let me pull it up real quick because I I, I want to see this again because I find this absolutely hysterical, if you will. Um. Okay, I found it. It's um. <clears throat> I looked on a fan-sided website. It's called to the pen.com. And I believe it's the Dodgers fan site, if I'm not mistaken. Um, looking at the numbers, Trevor Bauer is set to make more in 2021 than three teams. The Cleveland baseball team, the Pirates, and the Baltimore Orioles. Trevor Bauer's 2021 contract guarantees him $40 million. The in, the, the, the baseball team payroll, $36.5 million. The Pirates payroll, $37.7 million. How it's not the lowest in MLB, I will not understand that. And the Orioles, $39.1 million. And then when you look over a three-year time span, that's more than the Pirates are set to make over the three years. Now, the Pirates could definitely go out and sweep the free agent market or the, tra- the trade deadline or the waiver wire, pay- you know, scour the waiver wire over the course of the seasons. But as of right now, Bauer is set to make more than they will ever. And that's sad. That is sad. We have to agree that as a baseball a baseball community, that that is absolutely atrocious to look at. There is no way that one player should be making more than three teams combined. Now, listen, I understand that the MLB should file a grievance against the Pirates especially because they have not shown any sign of trying to build they've just been looking to cut costs but i think the mlb should look into this look at all three teams now the indy the the, i keep saying the indians the baseball team are going through a rebuilding phase so that's a little different the orioles are starting to build back up i mean they've built a lot of good young pieces such in prospects like adley rushman in them but the pirates themselves have just not done anything so the argument can be made that mlb needs to investigate this but I think that the MLB needs to also instill a, a salary cap. They need to intervene with how much a player is signed for. And I'm not saying that every player needs kiboshed. I'm not. I, I think that if your merit definitely uh, says a lot about how you or like what you should earn, then yeah, it, then sign the guy to a top contract. But at the same time, look at the Dodgers in the offseason. They, they signed Trevor Bauer that went over, a you know, they were already, if I'm not mistaken, above the luxury tax. If not, they are now. And this is after keeping most of their assets from their 2020 World Series team. That should say something. I, I am not a fan of super teams. I'm really not. Spite me, burn me at the stake if you want, I don't care. I'm not a big fan of super teams, especially in the MLB. I hate seeing the same teams in contention for the World Series each and every year. How many times do we see the Dodgers, 
the Yankees, some returning teams such as the Braves, the Nationals, sometimes, and I'm saying sometimes, the Rays. How many times do we hear them every we hear them every year in contention for the World Series? And why? It's because they have all the money in the world to buy, buy, buy. But shouldn't this be a, 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 a little bit of a stain on MLB? Look at the NFL and how that runs. Each year, it's something different. It is something different that you get to see. This year, we saw Tom Brady and the Buccaneers go against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs have a good payroll. They build from within. For the most part. Sometimes they do add, you know, they sign Le'Veon Bell, but they sign him to a very cheap deal. So they are aware of their expenses. They know what they can buy. They know what they might have to sell. They know what they're spending on. Whereas MLB, it just seems like, oh, well, if you get on, if you go above the luxury tax, you get a slap on the wrist. And I think the biggest case in this is the New York Yankees. I definitely think that after the few off seasons they've had, there needs to be an investigation and possibly a consideration for a salary cap impl- implementation. Because it's sad when one player can make more than three of the bottom teams in the MLB. Especially when those teams can't, like, they're in more of a smaller market. Cleveland, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Those are three small market teams. When you compare them to, say, New York, Los Angeles, Miami, maybe. You look at that. But I think this does call for a salary cap to be instilled in the MLB. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me. And that's okay. You can have your own thoughts on a salary cap. Maybe you're a fan of the Yankees or a fan of the Dodgers. And you like what your team is doing by adding on in every single offseason. But when you look at the rest of the landscape of the league, it just makes it less competitive. And if you can, if this continues to go on, you're going to see MLB take a downward shift because nobody's going to want to watch the majority of teams. Because every year it's going to be, oh, the Yankees, Dodgers, World Series. I'm sorry, but I don't want to see that. I really don't. I want to see something new every year. The Miami Marlins making the playoffs this year. Granted, it was because of an expanded playoff, but either way, it was a sight to behold. I loved seeing a new team in the playoff race. And it was also nice seeing the Rays get in there into the World Series run. I bring them up because I feel like they don't have a huge payroll. Because, you know, they they acquire a lot of the people that the Pirates don't want. Or they give up. And they're already signed to a very small deal. So they're 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 looking for that. But at the same time. It's good to see those underdogs get in. And have at least a chance to make it. But whenever it's every year. Like for the, the four. Yeah the four over the past five World Series. The Dodgers were in it. Now that could say a lot about the team itself. You know the organization. How well they carry themselves. How well they train. Blah blah blah. But. Every year, it's basically saying, oh, the Dodgers are going to make the make the World Series regardless, so why should I watch any of the, of the NL? And to me, I think that's a big problem. I really do. I think that is a huge problem in the MLB. They need to instill something. You know, I don't want to see a super team built in the MLB. I don't want to see the same few teams going to the World Series each year. I don't want them to be this epicenter of a conversation. I miss the old days of saying, 
who could sneak in there the best or who has the best chance at winning? Not, okay, well, they're, they're the main part of their team's coming back, so they're going to be in it automatically. And I think a lot of people could say that about the Dodgers this year. Not saying they're a bad team or a bad organization. I'm just tired of them always being in the conversation. Smite me if you will, but that's my thoughts. I think the MLB needs a salary cap. I just think that it's not cool to see somebody like Bauer making more than three professional baseball clubs. Now, like I said before, the clubs could probably help that themselves by diving into their pockets a little bit. But at the same part, that's not always 100% guaranteed that they can do that. So I think something needs to be done. But either way, let me know your thoughts. You can comment on the podcast. Uh, you can send an email to um, jjmsportsmedia at gmail.com. And I will read them off in the next uh, next episode of Red Stitch Radio. And I will respond to your comments, your questions, whatever you may have, even if they are just badgering me. But I do implore you to get your voice heard because I do want to get your voice heard as well. That's another feature I want to include on this podcast. There is, I think there is a message job, a voice message option on Anchor, if you will. Might be there. I'm not, I'd have to check and enable it if it's not. But if it is, leave me a voice message and I'll play that in the next episode. I want to get as many audio clips as possible. I don't want it to just be my voice for 40 minutes. But let me know what you want. The listener, I'm always willing to listen to you. I'm always willing to talk on. If you want to come on and talk, um, I'm always glad to have you. And speaking of having people on, don't forget in the coming weeks, we're going to have guests on the show. Um, It's going to be more or less into March when we finally get people on the show. Uh, Just because of spring training starting soon and um, college baseball also starting soon. People are very up. This is very kind of a bad time to start a podcast and invite people on but nonetheless they're very they're being cooperative they want to come on i'm not going to tell you who they are until their episode comes about because i don't want to ruin any surprises but i think you'll really like what we have in store here on red stitch radio don't forget to subscribe on any podcast platform you listen to we are available on apple podcast breaker google podcasts and anything else you can think of so go ahead there if you don't know what all we're subscribed on you are that loyal of the fan that you want to tune in anywhere that you want, go to anchor. And I'm sure you can see all of our links on there and then go subscribe on all of them. And we would appreciate the support. Uh, Cause you never know. Maybe I'll do a fan shout out one day for all my subscribers, but that's still to be determined. But in the meantime, subscribe, continue in the conversation, go over to JJM sports media.com. Stay in the conversation, both in baseball and in the NFL. We're still producing content for inside the three, and we're gonna, I think we're going to have an episode later this week to recap the Super Bowl and predict the offseason a little bit. So follow along on there. Uh, get involved on social media. You can follow me on Twitter, underscore Radio Jake. Um, that's my Twitter handle. And you can tweet me there, tag me in things, follow me, make fun of me, blah, blah, blah. Whatever you want, that's just my social for you to follow. And I look forward to staying in the conversation with you. Thanks for keeping your dial set to Red Stitch Radio Episode 2. I enjoy you having along, and I look forward to seeing you once again in the next episode. Signing off, Jake Slavonic from Red Stitch Radio. Red Stitch Radio is a podcast produced by JJM Sports Media. Any sound clips used for the episode are entitled to copyright owners and are protected under fair use guidelines. 